My sister, Lori Vallow, murdered her children, Tylee and JJ, and buried them in a pet cemetery. And we're all trying to make sense of it. So let's talk about it. All right. Welcome to a, uh, another edition of our healing podcast. Uh, my name's Adam Cox. Next to me is my Uncle Rex, or we like to call him Grunkle Rex. Um, and we've been talking a lot about healing lately. Um, and so we are going to talk a little bit about that today as well. Um, I will say this, um, that Rex has written a book called Create the Life That You Crave. And while I was reading certain chapters in that book, I've learned so much about your inner self-conscious and and the things that we should really know about that. So we are going to talk a little bit about that today as well. I do want to mention this because people have asked about it. Um, Rex and I are uh, have written a book. Um, it is going to be coming out November 1st. It's called Lori's Lies and Family Ties. And we talk a lot about everything in this book. So if you didn't catch a podcast or you would like, if you're a book reader, um, that will be available. And I guess if you go to Amazon and type in Lori's Lies and Family uh, Ties, you'll be able to pop up and pre-order. It comes out November 1st. I want to mention that because uh, that people have been asking about, well, when is your book coming out? So I wanted to mention that. And backtrack of what I said in the last podcast, um, Rex has been a uh, a public speaker for a while, and so he's got a lot of things. He's he's a trainer, so he trains uh, companies and people in companies uh, to be better. And so, with that being said, uh, let's talk about today uh, things about the conscience and those kinds of things, Rex. Very good. When I started training, it was out of college. I went into the Air Force straight to pilot training, and then was selected to come back after pilot training to be an instructor pilot. Well, what are you teaching when you're teaching pilots? You're, you're teaching natural law. And I had some experiences where I went in to be a fighter pilot like my father was, but through the process, I was now in retrospect, I'll say I was led to the idea that what I'm supposed to be doing with my life didn't really have anything to do with flying, although I was loving what I was doing. Right. But it had to do with training, and as that developed, it became obvious that I'm training natural law, and that's all the experience I had, and it has become my life's work. So I want to share a few of the foundational principles of natural laws that go into healing. Before that, can we go back real quick? So when you're a pilot in the Air Force, you were flying F what, 15? F- I, I flew against an F-15 oh, you flew against No, I was flying trainers. trainers. So I flew a T-37. A T-37. So what was the best part about, like, did you ever go off the, off the grid and, like, do, like, aerial stuff and flip around and that kind of stuff? The cool thing is we didn't have to go off the grid. Oh, yeah. When you train new pilots, that's the first thing you train them in. <laughs> you make aerobatics and spins. You make them throw up? About a fourth of the pilots that came through threw up their first few flights. <laughs> that's pretty normal. Did and you tell them that's natural law? We it's told natural them that law was that natural you... re- reaction to such a strange environment. <laughs> Your classroom's going upside down and flipping around. It and, is a rush. And you know, what, being a huge fan of 
of the movie Top Gun and Maverick. Um, it just seems like those planes are just would just be a blast to be in. And you're telling me that when you were flying, you just had a blast. Yeah, I I just loved it. And so at, at a younger age, you do you thought that was your life purpose was to be a, a pilot? From when I could remember and realizing my dad was a fighter pilot, he was a prisoner of war in World War II, he's a flying ace before he was a prisoner. Wow. And I just thought that was my blood. I thought that was my destiny. That's my life purpose. Okay. Turns out your life purpose isn't what, it's not an accomplishment. It's not what your job is. There's a lot more to life purpose. I, I love that because when I was telling, we, you and I had a conversation at your house about life, your purpose in life. And and I thought, well, my purpose in life was to be a radio DJ. And I did it my whole life. And I was like, that was my purpose. And you're like, mm, that's your job. Well, what's your purpose? So it's good. this is going to be very interesting because I don't know how many people that are watching right now actually know what their purpose is or even thought about it. And it's actually purposes, but those are stories for another time. You're right. Sorry, I, I do, because there's all kinds of purposes. A purpose to be a parent. There's like a bunch of those. So we'll get to that in another episode. Sorry. Right. But it's all underpinned by natural law. Our whole experience in this life is governed by natural laws. It's a common saying that you can make your own decisions. You can choose how to act, but you cannot choose the consequences of those acts. Those consequences are governed by natural laws. And so the example of natural law that people usually use is gravity. That's a good example. It's a natural law, meaning gravity works the same wherever you are on this planet, where whoever you are, and whenever you're there. But the trouble we, with using gravity as an example is people then want all other natural laws to have a simple name and consistency of an what, example. Yeah. And it doesn't work like that. You have to really put some conscious effort into recognizing and applying natural laws. You have to pay attention. And one of the people that I... I refer to a lot in my life, a great example in my life, I have a cousin, my cousin Ned, mm -hmm. and he is just so well-read. I wish I could talk on and on about cousin Ned, but yeah. I called him once and said, if I want to recognize my conscience, to hear my conscience, do I have to be in a quiet setting, do you think? Do I have to be meditating? And I loved his answer. He said, you know, a quiet setting works 50-50 for me. Sometimes I hear my conscience. Sometimes I fall asleep and take a nap. He <laughs> said, it's not about, it's, it's not a sensory experience. You don't hear a voice. I know we talk about voices in your head, especially when we're talking about Lori. Right. But that's not what happens internally. You don't hear a voice. You don't see things. You don't get this through your senses. You get this by awareness, by observation. And with natural laws, it's usually looking in retrospect. Or another way of saying it is, we can easily recognize natural laws when they're about to come into play. Mm -hmm. Every time you hear someone say, hey, hold my beer and watch this, and you know what's about to happen, <laughs> right. it's because you're looking at what are they about to, to do, do, and what will the consequences be? This does not look pretty. Right. 
that's you observing natural law. And that's what we call common sense. Common sense is simply observing natural law and predicting an, an outcome because you know natural law. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about common sense, that's it. We're talking about natural law. Now, how this relates to healing. I mentioned the last podcast. Excuse me. Well, if you're going to get a drink, I'm going to get a drink. Hold on. Let's let's go ahead. Should and... we go out to Maverick and get a drink? Okay. My so... water has Kool-Aid in it. Okay. Oh, you drank oh, the Kool-Aid. Sean, Sean's got a Diet Coke. Okay, as long good. as you didn't drink Lori's Kool-Aid. No, we'll be, no we'll this be is okay. my own Kool-Aid. Sorry, we have yeah. a lot of dark humor in our family, yeah. and that's not even the worst of it. Yeah. So... Uh, we we're talking about natural law and he- the natural laws of healing. The first natural law of healing. Now, there's not a sequence just because there's a first. All the rest come after. But the first natural law of healing is that it is a universally unique process for each person. Each person in the universe heals a different way. And it depends on what they're healing from. In our case, we're healing from the trauma in our family of all of the fallout from the Lori stuff. There's not one thing. It's very complex. It's a There's lot. a lot of it. Yeah. So we don't know exactly how to heal. And we're working through it is what we say. And we're still working through it and probably will be the rest of our lives. Anyone, we feel that anyone has, that has been involved in this Lori situation probably is scarred or needs healing in some way because it is so offensive to us as people. That's why we're trying to figure it out. So... What we want is what is our path for healing? Fortunately, excuse me, the same power that gave us life mm-hmm. and put into us our natural desires, like having the, an ego, self-preservation, appetites, passions, also gave us an internal guidance system to keep those natural desires in check. We call that our conscience, but all of us have different understandings or different terminology with conscience. So let me just express what I'm calling our conscience. I'm not saying everyone has to believe this or my way of saying it is the right way, but just so you know what this is at the foundation of this conversation. Your conscience, your internal guidance system, is not emotion, and it doesn't get caught up in the emotion of a situation. It is not, I guess I'm saying what it is by saying what it is not. It is not an appetite or a passion. It's not something that comes and goes. It's not your value system. You don't educate your conscience. Your conscience is the is connected to the wisdom of the universe, so it's your ability to recognize, you know, I probably shouldn't do that. It leads you to recognize the consequences of the choice you're going to make so you can make the best choice in this situation. So just as you said that, what came to my mind was a comment that we got about Lori in court about what she said um, was to is to cover up her conscience because she felt guilty about she knew what she was doing so she's not allowing herself to go down that road because she doesn't want to deal with the consequences which would be very painful to her and that was a comment that somebody had mentioned now is there is there anything to that i love that comment we get so many insightful comments that being one of them 
Yes, that's true. And here's how that <clears throat> works. This conscience that's that's telling us the consequences of the choices we're considering is available to everyone all the time. Not everyone listens to it all the time. In fact, and there I go listen, using the word listen, Listening which is it. a sensory word. Yeah. Not all of us are aware of our conscience aware, or yeah. want to be aware of it. I'm going to use my bluebell ice cream analogy here because it's so personal to me. When bluebell ice cream, especially homemade vanilla, is available to me, I'm going to eat it. <laughs> no doubt. I no matter what your doctor said, no matter anything, there's no, there's nothing stopping you. I have a, I've had a heart attack four or five years ago. It was a real serious one. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a near-death experience. I, I made it through that, but I still justify eating bluebell ice cream now. When I made the decision that I'm going to keep that part of my life, my conscience, not being emotional, didn't rip me a new one. Mm -hmm. My conscience just said, okay, the consequences of that is your intake of cholesterol is going to be higher. That almost killed you before, so make a good decision. (laughs) Well, I didn't like my conscience telling me that. And when we don't like our conscience telling us something against what we want— we have a dissonance, they call it, cognitive it's dissonance. It's a fight, right? It's a fight. Inside and your... so my ego wants to win that fight and my appetite for Bluebell. Right. And so I readjust my world and my thinking to try to shut that conscience off. And I say, well, I work out two hours a day. I can eat some Bluebell. Now, when, I, when I'm making that argument, I know that that's not what caused a heart attack. The fact that I work out two hours a day didn't prevent a heart attack right? because what caused it wasn't my heart being in bad shape. It was the cholesterol. Cholesterol. And that's what has – so I I didn't believe – I knew what I was doing when I rationalized with rational lies and – I adjusted my world around it so I could still eat my bluebell and ignore my conscience. So we do that on a daily basis. All the time. All the, like even all of us. Uh, probably 50 times a day, you have an argument with yourself about a decision that you're going to make. And so how do we go with the right decisions? Or you don't most of the time, right? Is it a 50-50? I don't need to answer that because we all know. We know how to do that. Sometimes we don't want to. Sometimes we do it, and we feel good about it. Sometimes we don't do it, and later we feel bad. We can all, right now, in our life, stop and think, when was the last time I did something that I knew I shouldn't have? Maybe it was driving here, maybe going too fast. Maybe it was saying something to someone that we shouldn't have said. Maybe it was something we drank, some entertainment we took in. Right. We all know. Oh, there's a great clip. We should have had this prepared for the con. Which one? The podcast that just came to mind from Scent of a Woman. Oh, yeah. Al Pacino. Hoo-ha! Hoo-ha! I love Al that. Al Pacino, who was defending a young friend of his without going into the yeah. to all the detail. His def- now, he was a reprobate in his life. Yeah. He, he didn't make any good de- very many good decisions along the way. Yeah. But he was giving this stirring defense of his young friend. Oh, yeah. And he was, part of that was, and and I recommend you go and look at at this clip. He said, now I have come to the crossroads in my life. Right. I knew which path to take. Without exception, I knew. 
and I never took it. Oh, yeah. You know why? It was too damn hard. Oh. Sorry for the D word there. Yeah. But that's such a great clip. That's what happens in our life. Yep. Sometimes we just don't want to take that path. Sean's trying to pull up the, the clip, but it says there's an F-bomb in there, too, I think, so to be careful. Well, several, so you have to go right to the clip. Sean's, like, pulling up the thing. He's getting ready to play the clip. I'm like, oh, maybe not. But I do like that. I do like the analogy, and I think that most of us, you know, have these decisions to make every single day. And my thing is, like, when I make good decisions, like, I'll have a checklist of things to do during the day. And I write it on paper and I have a box and I check it off. At the end of the day, when I check off all my, I was like, I made good decisions by doing all the things that I said I was going to do and made the decisions to do those. And when I check it off at the end of the day, and I was like, I checked off all my boxes. I felt good inside. So when I make the bad decisions or like, I'm not going to do that or not do that, you have a weird, ugly feeling inside. So it depends on how you want to feel with, with the decisions you make. And even if you aren't structured like that. Oh, I'm the only one structured like that. No, right? no. Like, not everybody's the same. Not everybody right. is structured like that. A lot of people are. But you can still look back and think of all the good things you did. You know that good feeling when you do good things for people? You just feel good. That's You can recognize your conscience. That's how you learn to be aware of your conscience. So what Lori did, if I can start with that and I'll get back to the healing, yeah. healing topic, what Lori did is just did what we all do at the beginning. Hey, I want this, whatever it was, ego or, you know, we've had lots of discussions on, on what it was even here in this podcast. Yeah. She wanted sex, money, power. Well, the conscience comes in right away. She had to have had the battle like all of us and did what many of us do many times, said, nope, I want it. I'm going to readjust my world and my thinking to make allowance for this step. And then, like all of us, you just keep going. Unlike all of us, all of us, the rest of us who haven't murdered our children, right. draw a line somewhere. We allow our conscience to prevail at some point, say, mm -hmm. no, I won't go past this line. I'm not going to do this. Right. right. Yeah. Right. And most of us hold to that. Well, at least in this case, with a comparison to Lori, she didn't. Right. She just kept let going. it keep going. And your world has to keep adjusting around that. You have to make this fantasy that you built in your mind grow and grow. And hers and Chad's, and they got together, and oh my goodness, that multiplied mm -hmm. this fantasy world. So it's a delusion. Everyone can recognize it. You two are deluded. Everyone's recognizing that your fantasies are far off. But as they're doing that, and they're making these conscience, conscious decisions to do what they were doing and to follow this plan, did they ever feel like bad inside of like i can't believe we're doing this or guilt does that like why wouldn't guilt pop in and be like oh my gosh we're out of our minds we don't know because we can't see into their hearts but i believe every time they initially had a decision to take it further or to adjust their fantasy their delusion further they had that same battle of, that we all have. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, there is there is guilt there. Nope, I'm staying in my delusion. I think that here's one little glimpse of that. One of the investigators on Lori's defense team, we all got to talk with them. I got to talk with them a few times. They said when she read a letter from someone that was important to her, she read it 
And for one second, it was pleading with her to tell the truth that Chad saying Chad's got to throw you under the bus, whatever it was saying. Right. And the investigator was in the room. She said for one second she could tell that got through. It was a glimpse. And when that was over, Lori squared her shoulders, said, nope, I'm not. And was she made back, that decision back right the, then and there. Right then. Yeah. But she felt it for a second, but then right back to the delusion. Yeah. And now what you were saying earlier, can you imagine if you've lived in that delusion and you've created these horrible or you've done these horrible, horrible things, can you imagine coming out of the delusion? What have you said, okay, I'm just going to listen now to my conscience, and you break away completely. How do you even stay in life? Well, she obviously she didn't, because when you heard what she right. read in court, that proved that she won't allow her conscience to, or, or she's not giving it any thought of what the consequences are of all this. She's, right. she's avoiding it. Completely avoiding it. So I believe when you're into your delusion, people say, well, Lori believed what she was saying. Yes, when you're in the delusion, you believe the fantasy or the delusion that you created. But putting that crap in there, you know, when we said they were just making up crap as they, yeah. as they went, the zombies and all that. Dark spirits, white light spirits. and You know that's crap when you put it in. But once it's in there, you are committed to it. Like Alex was committed to it. Oh, for sure. And you just, now that's the story. But when you put it in there, you knew you were making up crap. So that's why I say, yeah, they knew what they were doing was wrong at one point. But when they committed to it, then it just fit into to their delusion. Well, that's how the, the natural laws work. We let the natural process, and they they had the same natural process we all have, they let it go where they chose for it to go. And that's why I said the last podcast, the blood is on their hands, those three people. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that perpetrated all of that. Anyone else that can affect it, and who knows, all the people that did affect it and maybe avoided much worse situations, we don't know that, but we know they're guilty for that. Now, as far as healing... Those same factors, are the natural parts of ourself, mm -hmm. are involved in healing. In that, we have an internal guidance system that is good for us individually, that's always available, and will always give us whatever you feel the source is. I'll say the wisdom of the universe will always give us wisdom, will always show us the consequences of the path and make it clear what's going to be in our best interest. Make it, make it clear what we truly want. See, I say I truly want bluebell ice cream. My conscience would point out to me, no, you want to be healthy in your life so you can enjoy the relationships you're enjoying, so you can give the contributions you're giving. That's what you really want. Mm -hmm. You want that a lot more than you want bluebell. And I say, you're right, I will do that until I come across a freezer that has some <laughs> homemade vanilla in it. <laughs> what about one spoonful? 
I mean, that doesn't get it's, exactly. We're not talking How about that hurt? We're not of course you have, a whole bowl. You're not going to eat the whole thing. But just you a have bite. To, you have to buy at least a pint to get that spoonful. Yeah. And once you have the pint, are you going to waste a pint of bluebell no, homemade vanilla? No, you take one bite one day, then you put it in the freezer. It's called discipline. Now, this is a question I have for you. Discipline is a huge thing that most of us have a problem with. Um, don't like it because it's too hard. I know, but but discipline is part of your conscience, right? Mm-hmm. Because you have to have discipline to listen to your conscience and your self guidance system. But a lot of us, you know, if you don't have a lot of discipline or learn to have discipline, self discipline, then you're going to be in a lot of trouble a lot of times. Definitely. But let me point out, discipline doesn't guide your conscience or doesn't. Depend on your conscience. Your conscience points you in the direction of discipline. Oh, it and tells then lets you. you decide. Okay. okay, gotcha. Okay, it never tells us what we have to do. It just makes it obvious that the choice we have is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You you've made or the some choice really we're bad, about to make. You're, we're about to make some bad, and we've all been there before. I'm about to make a bad decision, and I'm still going to make it because mm-hmm. I want that. And you do it. And then you pay the con- whatever the consequences are. Sometimes they're not that bad. Sometimes they're terrible. So, so back to the healing. Yeah, We're, I, I want to make sure we. Sorry, we, this we podcast about is that. about healing. I, it is, and I, I I derail our podcast all the time. Sorry, but but it doesn't make sense. What I'm about to say doesn't make sense unless you have a grasp on how your conscience guides you, because that's the first law. Healing is so individual. Even yours and mine, we see things the same. We have similar backgrounds, similar DNA, but our paths are very different. Mm -hmm. And you need to be able to identify your individual path, and it won't always come to your mind. I'm not saying your conscience is limited, but our ability to draw on it is limited because it translates into our reasoning, and our reasoning is limited by our life experience, our understanding, our knowledge. A lot of limitations right there. Yeah. And so that's why we need each other. That's why talking about it with the right people. And, you know, there are a lot of people that aren't on this podcast that listen to us a couple times that I don't want to hear them for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. More power to them to go get the healing wherever they can find it. What we were doing wasn't providing it, so more more power to them. Right. Or maybe you need a lot of different different people. But my point is rely on your internal guidance to tell you with what you have available, whether it's podcasts, counselors, situations, relationships, which relationships are Helpful and positive, healthy mm-hmm. and positive. That's where I was trying to get. Yeah. Which are healthy, which are unhealthy. So you can make the choice to distance yourself from the unhealthy because, and let me say a word about this too. It's so important because we're talking about family members a lot here. Mm-hmm. And so you're talking about love. Love is unconditional, relationships are not. There are some relationships where we can still love the person, but change the conditions on the relationships because part of that is unhealthy. And we need to set, and we talk about setting boundaries. Yeah, setting boundaries. You need to set boundaries, not because you don't love the person, 
but because you need the healing and your conscience is telling you, you need the healing, that relationship isn't good. Well, I love them. Good. Love them from a distance. Mm-hmm. But you can't, that's why people resist other people telling them that. They need to hear that from their conscience, recognize that's from their conscience, and make the appropriate decision based on that. Where does forgiveness fall into uh, when it comes to healing? Like, for me, the way I'm built, like, I have to forgive or it will eat me up inside and I'll just, it will ruin me inside. So... And I know people, uh, you know, get mad if you say, well, I'm forgiving this person. How could you forgive them? I was like, it's not for them. It's it's for me because I don't know what happens to me, but I'll just be consumed with it. It will just eat me up if I don't forgive. And I don't know who's built like that and who's not built like that, but is that forgiving? Is that part of the healing? See, that's a great example of how the healing path is individual. Okay. Some people don't even have to think about the topic of forgiveness because it's not part of their healing path. Okay. And others will say, well, everyone needs to forgive. We all get that's judged. A, Everybody's a, judging people about yeah. it. Yeah. And people say, well, that's that's a religious principle that you have to forgive. Okay. I'm all for giving in the broad sense, but in my individual path of healing, do I need to forgive someone in order for me to heal in this situation? I don't go by broad rules for that, or I'm suggesting we don't go by Because we're all individuals rules. with that, right? Let's go with our individual guidance, just like medicine. To me, the most exciting part of medicine is the field of genomics, which brings it down to me. How does this medicine affect me? What are the parameters of my personal health? Healing's the same way. It's individual. Do what you need to do for yourself to heal. And the only guidance that's 100% on that is your internal guidance, whatever you want to call it. If saying conscience is too religious call it your intuition the spirit whatever whatever you want to call (laughs) it call it that but follow your guidance so we have to observe and learn how that guidance works for us which is another individualized pursuit in life i love it well listen thank you guys for uh hanging out with us we'd love to hear your comments on maybe how you healed things that you've done uh that we can all learn from we're about learning helping and hope and healing all those words that start with an h we're all about <laughs> all the h words we're all about the h words this has been tiley and jj's silver linings podcast your input is helping us make sense of this we encourage your comments on our Facebook page or email Tylee and JJ Silver Linings at gmail.com. This has been a production from a podcast studio.